Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode we'll be recapping the past three series for the Braves, um, mainly the most recent one in St. Louis against the Cardinals. Uh, that one uh, did not go well and it's still fresh on the minds of everybody, so we'll be uh, going a little bit into more depth with that one, but uh, I will quickly recap the uh, Houston and Pittsburgh series that uh, actually went very well for the Braves. I'll start off uh, last weekend in Houston. Uh, the Braves won game one on Friday night pretty easily, a 6-2 to two win. Kyle Wright pitched that game. He was great, and uh, really not much to say about it. The Braves kind of won in breezy fashion. Um, on Saturday, they had a one of the better wins of the season, I think, a, a 5-4 walk-off win in 11 innings against the Astros. Um, they fell behind in extra innings by two runs after the uh, 10th, but they were able to come back and tie it. They fell behind again in the 11th, um, but then... In the 11th inning, they were able to uh, play two runs to come back and win the game. One coming on a check swing double by Matt Olson, which was uh, one of the funnier swings of the year. And then Travis Darnot uh, with a walk-off pinch hit single for him. And uh, that went ahead and took the series for the Braves. Uh, but they did not get the sweep in this one. They lose game three on Sunday, 5-4. to four. Uh, Pretty annoying game, honestly. I think... Uh, one of the many weird Brian Snitker decisions that we've had recently, which we'll, uh, we'll get into all those later for sure. But in this game, he elected to use Dylan Lee in the eighth inning in a tie game when A.J. Minter was available, um, which I just didn't get. And Lee got absolutely smacked around, only got one out, gave up one run, one earned run, two runs in total. And, um, yeah, pretty annoying stuff there when you had A.J. Minter available. Him and Minter, they both pitched the day before, so it wasn't like a rest thing or anything. They were both on equal rest. And Lee actually gave up a run the day before also. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty annoying there. And then after they give up the lead, they uh, bring in Jackson Stevens, who promptly gives another run. But the Braves do threaten in the ninth inning. They get two runs to make the decision look even more silly. They only lose again by one run. Uh, so it appeared that um, the Braves probably would have won this game if they would have went with their best relievers. But instead, Brian Snitker went with Dylan Lee and Jackson Stevens, which, you know, I mean, and I don't want to pile on those guys. They've been good this year in their roles, but that's just not their role. Dylan Lee is not the eighth inning guy. He hasn't been all year. They have Iglesias. They have Minter for that. Um, you know, kind of annoying that he did this in the same week because that Mets series, he completely punted a game. Um, one of the biggest games of the year when they were only down by one run by using Jackson Stevens late in the game and letting the Mets kind of break it open. And, uh, yeah, Snicker has been kind of bad, kind of weird lately. It's just it's like the illogical, the logical inconsistencies of his bullpen management are really showing. Um, but we'll get more into that in the St. Louis series because there's some more weirdness uh, to be had. But we'll move on to the Pittsburgh series. This one was a breezy one. They swept the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Game one was the closest. They only won 2-1. to one. Um, Odorizzi had a really good start in this game. Only gave up the one run on a homer to O'Neill Cruz, who is insane. Um, not having the greatest season, but his just intangibles and his potential is insane, I should say. Um, he had the homer in this game for the only Pirates run. Ronzi Contreras pitched for the Pirates in this game, and he is an actual real pitcher. I know the Pirates are terrible, but Ronzi is a real guy, and he looked the part in this game. He went seven innings pitched, two-run runs. The only runs he gave up were on the Michael Harris two-run homer. 
Um, that was all the Braves needed. They went two to one in this one, and then games two and three were extra breezy. They were pretty much blowouts. Um, they won game two six to one. They went down one to nothing early, but then they scored five runs in the fifth, one in the seventh, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Um, yeah, Max Freed won eight innings pitched, one run in this game. He was fantastic, and uh, yeah, you know that's uh, pretty much all there is to say about that one. Uh, the Braves really jumped on JT Brubaker in the fifth inning, and that was pretty much all they needed. Um, we'll move on to game three. This one's extra breezy. They won 14-2. to uh, Matt Olson had a huge day. He had uh, three hits, including a home run that went into the Allegheny River in Pittsburgh, which is not something you see all the time, but he really got a hold of one right there for the uh, the long home run. And uh, Acuna was good in this game. He had a hit in two walks. He had a good series overall also. Um, but, yeah, Kyle Wright had a good start in this game. He went seven innings shutout. And, yeah, the Pirates are really bad, and this was uh, expected of the Braves for sure in this one. So we'll move on to the St. Louis series. But um, before we get into the St. Louis series, I guess I can, I can cover this as, as it goes along and then share some more news at the end because a lot of the news took place in the series. But um, start off with game one on Friday. The Braves blow out the Cardinals 11-4. to um, This you know, a good win, obviously. They were leading, what, 11 to... They are leading 11 to 1 heading into the last inning. They gave up three runs in the ninth. Um, but here's where the bullpen weirdness starts. But first, I want to talk about Jackson Stevens. He was pitching the ninth inning this game. He got hit with a line drive right back off of his head, like right on his forehead. Um, fortunately for him, it wasn't like the hardest hit ball ever, but still it was hit 90 miles an hour, which is still very fast. Um, but a lot of the times those comebackers right to the pitcher can go a lot faster so he was fortunate in that way um he had a huge knot growing on his head immediately but he didn't hit the ground or anything he definitely took it like a champ um he says he was definitely like all there he walked off the field in his own power he said that he was good after the game that he felt fine he is on the il right now with a uh, concussion they called up jay jackson in place of him um but just happy that uh jackson stevens is okay because that was a pretty scary moment there but um yeah he he uh, really Took it like a champ. He's a tough guy, obviously, so I'm glad to see that he's doing good. But we'll get into the weird, annoying part of this game, which was um, the the Brian Snicker weirdness of the St. Louis series. So they use A.J. Minter in this game when they are up 8-1, to one, I believe that was the score at the time when A.J. comes in the game. Um, the Braves kind of added on more runs to make it 8-1. to one. And I guess Mentor was already warming up, so Snicker just went ahead and used him. Um, but yeah, the Braves were up five to one, and then in the eighth they scored three runs, and, and um, Mentor pitched the bottom of the eighth in an eight to one game, which is just very annoying. Um, it, it's uh, always been talked about that Brian Snicker doesn't use his best relievers when he's down, but AJ Mentor, who has been your best reliever all year, is getting used when you're up eight to one. And he always, every time he gets confronted, every once in a while, when they say Brian Wyden, you use Mentor or Jansen or Iglesias here when you're down a run in the eighth inning, he goes, "Oh man, you know you will kill these guys if you run them out there every day, man. You will these guys, you you just can't do that. Um, we're only gonna use them when we're ahead or tied." Which he didn't even do in the Houston series, which I digress because that's just more annoying. Um, but yeah, when you're up eight to one, this is obviously not the time to be using your high leverage relievers. I understand using a Glacius inning before when it's five to one. I still I get that. That's still a you know sizable not not sizable enough to not use a guy like that. But 
as soon as the Braves scored three runs in that inning, Minter needs to be sitting down, and you need to get up. You know, your Jackson Stevens, Tyler Matzik, Kirby Yates, those guys need to be getting warm. But Minter comes out and pitches anyway. He has a scoreless inning, which that's not really the issue. The issue kind of comes later in the series when uh, they had to use him three games in a row. Um, but, yeah, that's just the start of my tangent of just how annoying it is that Snicker doesn't use his guys when they're down a run, but he'll use them when they're up seven. But you'll kill these guys if you use them when you don't need them to. If you're down and you use these guys, you will absolutely kill them. But eight, eight to one, mentor, you're going in. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. I'm just getting, I'm getting frustrated thinking about it. But we move on to game two, and these last two games of this series were a couple of the worst of the year. It was barely like early season Braves in this one. The Braves um, led this game four to nothing um, in the fourth inning. Travis Tarnot hit a three-run homer to make it 3 nothing. They added on to make it 4 nothing. Um, but Charlie Morton pitched in this game. He had been on a bit of a heater. He had two really good starts against the Astros and Mets. And um, it's just kind of been the theme of the season, one step forward, two steps back, and that's what he did in this game. He went five innings pitched, four earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts, and gave up two homers, putting his ERA back over four for the season. He just continues to just have a – kind of just a middling season, you know. It's He's just not been as sharp. He, he looked good against the Mets and Astros, but then he'll turn around and throw in a complete stinker like this when your offense gives you um, five runs of support through the first five innings and you you put up a game like this. It's, it's very annoying, and um, Charlie has to be better. And if he's not, I'd, it's not good for the Braves. And, you know, he's, he, he's, he's just not been great this year. Even though he's good in his last few starts on the whole – he keeps on having these stinker starts thrown in in these important games, and it's just not helpful. Um, so yeah, the Braves go up four to four to nothing. Warren gives up two runs in the fourth and fifth inning, but the Braves did add on one in the, in the fifth to make it five to four, and that would be the score all the way up until the bottom of the ninth inning. Um, so the Braves were able to hold the lead down. The bullpen was good up until the bottom of the ninth. They went McHugh. Iglesias and Mentor. Mentor is going for the second day in a row. We'll get more into Mentor later. And then Kinley comes in for the save. And Kinley was as worse as I think I've ever seen him pitch in his entire career. And um, obviously, I didn't watch a ton of him when he was on the Dodgers, but I did see a good bit of Kinley pitching. And there's been some notable Kinley blow ups this year and when he was with the Dodgers. But this was absolutely atrocious. Um, I kind of just want to pull up the play-by-play of how bad it was. He only got one out. He gave up two runs in this game. In this game to uh, to blow the save and blow the lead. Um, and uh, the game-winning run was driven in by a walk-off walk, which is obviously just very very annoying. Um, I'll put, I'm gonna pull up the play-by-play just to do show you exactly what he did in this um, ninth inning. So the bottom of the ninth, Kinley comes in. He gets a ground out to start the inning, um, but that was that was the uh, one of the only two outs he was going to get. Um, then it's a double to center field by Brandon Donovan, a wild pitch to Paul Goldschmidt. Then he walks Goldschmidt. Then he hits Nolan Arenado on a uh, two on a O2 pitch, and then Corey Dickerson hits a. He got kind of unlucky on this one. Corey Dickerson is a chopper to shortstop Dansby, and there was just really no play on it. He hit it very weakly, and that that tied the game. And uh, then he walks Tyler O'Neill to end the game. And, um, yeah, that was uh, really, really, really frustrating. Um, he just didn't have it. He said it as much after the game that it was just he was bad. And that's going to happen sometimes. But this was just a blow-up of epic proportions. It was um, 
you know, he was awful. He didn't know where any pitches were going. You know, he only got that one out, like I said. Um, but, yeah, he was just really bad. And, you know, that that's just going to happen sometimes. This loss didn't hurt as much as it went on Sunday because at the end of the day, it was just like you just didn't have it. And it's going to happen sometimes. And it sucks that it was just this bad and it cost him the entire game. He at least couldn't keep it tied. But, man, he was tough. But I did see people, a lot of people piling on Kinley. And Kinley had been really, really good up until this, up until this point, his last 11 outings before this. The Braves, first of all, were 11-0 in those games, and he went 10.2 innings pitch and gave up one earned run in that span. That's a 0.84 ERA for 11, or 10.2 innings for Jansen before this. So he had been quite good. It was um, only the second run he allowed in the month of August, and it's pretty late into August now. So, yeah, you can't – Kinley's still good. This doesn't mean Kinley's bad or having a bad year. He's still having a very, very solid year. Um, so, Yeah. We'll uh, move on to the final game of this series. Uh, but the last thing I need to mention as we're passing through here, Acuna did not play in this game. He did not play on Sunday either. Snicker did say he was available off the bench, which um, is I think is encouraging that he was at least ready to come and pinch hit. But he's expected to be back in the lineup on Tuesday against the Rockies. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just he's, we knew this coming into the season that he was going to have these days, and they are going to try to like, stack him up with the off day. So he's going to have three days off in a row. He kind of like tweaked his knee a little bit on Friday night running the bases. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I'm not worried about Cunha. He's going to be back and um, for the Rocky series, and he'll, he'll be good. So I just wanted to at least mention that because it is important. So we'll move on to game three of this series. Um, Sunday night baseball, the Braves lose 6-3. to three. Um Gosh, yeah, this game sucked. Um, it was a pitcher's duel for the first five innings. The um, No one scored. Jacob Arizzi was on the mound for the Braves, and it was Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals. And um, Odo had a no-hitter going through the first five, 5.2 or five and a third innings pitched. Um, but then the third time through the lineup came in and bit him immediately. Lars Newtbar, the leadoff hitter for the Cardinals, hit a home run. Wasn't a ball that was smoked or anything, but that was the start of the third time through the order. It was a home run, it made it one to nothing. And then Brendan Donovan gets a hit right after that. And now you have Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado coming up three and four for the third time against Odorizzi. And these are the two best players in the National League this year. They're like one and two for MVP. Paul Goldschmidt might win the Triple Crown. He's been that good. Um, and, you know, the no hitter's gone. You don't have to worry about that. He's had, he's at five point one innings pitched with only one earned run given up you can go get him now but snicker doesn't he lets him face goldschmidt and arenado and they both promptly have two hits another run score is five to two and um yeah the notarizzi is finally yanked out of the game for uh, dylan lee who comes in that's a fine that's fine dylan lee usage i'm not i still like dylan lee but that's that's good using him there I'm, I'm good with that he comes in gets a couple of outs then they bring in McHugh. The next inning, um, as the Braves are down 2 nothing, at this point, um, but they didn't bring in McHugh for the next inning. And then Dansby Swanson, and after actually, yeah, McHugh pitched the bottom of the seventh. But before that, Dansby in the top of the seventh with a three-run homer to make it 3-2. to two. Um, A pretty crazy sequence there as it was a 1-2 count with two outs, runners on the corners, against Ryan Helsley, who throws like 103 miles an hour and has been a top three reliever in baseball this season. And Dansby just turned a fastball around on him and hit it to center field and absolutely rifled it. 
that would be all the runs the Braves got. The Braves offense was not great in this game at all, as they really only had one swing. Um, but yeah, that uh, that put the Braves up, and that was a pretty huge swing there. And then uh, bottom of the seventh, they use Lee to get one out, and then they bring in McHugh, who promptly gets a double play on just four pitches. So as you're planning out the rest of the game here, you have Colin McHugh, who is really good, first of all. And um, he just got two outs on four pitches, and he was not pitching on his third day in a row. They pull McHugh for Minter in the eighth, which I thought Minter would maybe be unavailable in this spot, and he obviously wasn't. And um, this is where using him on Friday in an 8-1 game really comes back and bites you because obviously he is not as crisp pitching on the third day in a row. That's um, an obvious thing that happens with relievers when um, you don't have proper rest and Minter hadn't had that at all. And this is the third time the Cardinals were going to see him in three days. You're letting, not only are you like having him put yourself at a rest disadvantage by using Minter on Friday, but you're also letting the Cardinals look at him and like getting him in the game and get a look at him for the next two games. And that um, really came back to bite him as he went to face the top of the lineup and the first pitch he throws is a home run to Tommy Edmond. Um, there was uh, he did give up two hits and a walk. The only two outs he got, he actually struck out Goldschmidt and Arenado. Those are the only two outs he got. The two like best players in the league, he struck them out. That was a very weird outing by Mentor, as those are the only guys he struck out. Excuse me, I'm very sniffly, so sorry about that. But anyway, um, he didn't. He then gives up a home run to Tyler O'Neill. That shouldn't have happened. That was a three-run homer to kind of blow the game open and really just make things ugly but Austin Riley on a, a bunt try by Brendan Donovan completely which let me say this bunting with your number two hole hitter with a runner on first is bad um, but anyway it worked out for the Cardinals because Austin Riley had one of his bad defensive moments and just booted the ball that should have been um, the first out of the inning but instead it wasn't and you know if Austin Riley gets that out the game is just tied heading into the ninth but instead Mentor gives up the three-run homer and um, ends up making this line not that terrible because those three runs, none of them were earned because of the Riley error. And, um, yeah, that's one of Riley's – people like to think – some Braves fans think Riley is just a god at third base. He is not – he's just – he's kind of below average. That's just what it is. And that was kind of rudest ugly head there of his defensive uh, shortcomings right there. Um, but, yeah, just a really annoying sequence of events this whole weekend with the whole Mentor saga. I'm not really blaming Mentor. And using Mentor in the eighth inning of a tie game is not a terrible process. But when you, in the context of it being his third day in a row, you have McHugh, who is good, who has only thrown four pitches the inning before. And, yeah, it's just kind of weird decision. I'm not going to crucify him for that one. I'm really just more mad about him using him on Friday, which I think definitely had some residual effects in Mentor being bad on Sunday. But, yeah, the Braves lose. Um, they end up using Jay Jackson. I think that was his first appearance with the Braves as he was kind of in cleanup duty. It was his first appearance, and he got a, he got the one out. It was a strikeout. Good for him um, in, uh, in the bottom of the eighth. But then Cardinals slammed the door in the ninth, and the Braves lose 6-3. to three. And uh, definitely a missed opportunity, too, because the Mets lost on Sunday also. So they could have got it back to two games, but instead it's still a three-game deficit in the NL East. And uh, that'll segue us into a little some look-ahead stuff. Um, before I do that, though, I do need to mention um, Ozzy Albies is about to start a rehab assignment this week, and Orlando Arcia is already in Gwinnett doing rehab assignment. So those two guys will be coming back, and there will definitely be some um, roster considerations to go along with that. Um 
definitely one of them should be Marcelo Zuna not being on the team. But we'll get into that when we need to. So we'll move on to the standings and Braves' percentage chances of winning the division and a little look ahead to the schedule this week. So um, right now the Braves are 79-50. and 50. The Mets are 82-47. That is three games back in the division. Right now, baseball reference gives the Braves a 26% chance to win the NL East. Um, that's definitely lowered over this weekend as the Mets gained a game and a half on them. Still not a disaster. You're still definitely in it, but you know you could have if you win both of these games. You know you're 80. You're one game back if you don't blow both two leads in back-to-back games. So that's that definitely stings like a lot because it could be a one game deficit right now um but there is some good news in the short term the Mets have to play the Dodgers this week for three games and the Dodgers are just absolutely absurd what's their record now the Dodgers are 88 and 38 right now they are going to threaten the Seattle Mariners of 2001 for the greatest record ever they're having a all-time season so that's the good news that the Mets have to play them and the Braves get to play the Rockies then the Marlins and the A's all three of those teams I believe the, Mar- the Marlins aren't in last place, but they're terrible. They can't hit. The Rockies are last place in the NL West, and the A's are last place in the AL West. So easy schedule coming up, and the uh, Dodgers have to play the Mets. So you can definitely make up some ground here uh, this next week. Maybe the, the Dodgers can go into New York and sweep the Mets. That would be terrific, and you can make up some ground by beating up on the uh, Rockies. That would be awesome. So. Yeah, you definitely have a little window here before the Mets schedule gets just sharp and soft because they play the Dodgers and then the only they only have after this Dodgers series, the Mets have six games for the rest of the season against real baseball teams that aren't like bottom of the barrel. They play the Brewers for three and then they play us, the Braves, for three towards the end of the season. That's it. Their schedule in September is ridiculously easy while the Braves just kinda have a you know, it's just a whatever a middle of the pack schedule strength, so so what what was that lisp anyway um yeah you definitely have an opportunity here to make up some ground and um yeah you got to do it before the Mets can just roll off all these wins against these easy teams and you just got to make it toward that last series against the Mets really really matters so uh, I think that's um all I got for this one definitely a uh more of a frustrating episode more than anything because of this Cardinal series. But the Braves, they're 15-4 and four in their last 19 since that terrible Mets series. So they're still playing very well. And they have a very easy schedule coming up. So I expect that to continue. So if you made it this far listening, I really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next one.